show. I'm your host, Dylan Maverick. We're on Get Up With God Live. It's good to see you this morning. Hope you're having a great morning so far. I've got my coffee ready, my Bible ready. I've got some notes ready, and I'm ready to read the Word with you. Hope you're doing well this morning. You look great. It's 6 a.m., but you're still looking wonderful, just like me. Thanks for all the compliments. Just kidding. But it's good to see you guys this morning. Thanks for joining live if you're with me on Facebook, Twitter, Twitch, YouTube, any of the platforms that we stream live to. Thanks for joining. And if you're on an audio podcast watching at a later time or you're watching this at a later time, thank you so much for watching and being part of the devotional today. Hope you're ready to read. Let's get into the word. Open up your Bible with me to Hebrews 10. And we're going to start in verse 1, and then we're going to jump down in the chapter as well. Uh, I've got a couple different scriptures that we're going to get into this morning. But what a wonderful day to read the Word together. Hope you're ready to start your day right. And in the Bible, there's no better way to start our day than with the Lord. And just putting the final touch on some of the notes that I put together. And we're going to get started here. All right. Uh, turn to me, Hebrews 10, uh, verse 1. That's where we're going to start. But look at you, up and ready to read the Word with me. Read in the Bible. This is great. I've got to be careful because that coffee will scorch my tongue and I won't be able to talk properly i mean it's already it's only 6 a.m here and so it's still early as it is but then you add a, a burnt tongue into the mix of it it would not be fun but what a great day i hope you've had a great week been in ba- been able to stay anointed through your week didn't get too off track anywhere i hope that the lord's blessing has been showing in your life the lord's really been moving in me and um, speaking to me a lot about these things as we read in the mornings and the Lord, the Lord is doing a lot right now in the, in the earth and in the country. And what a great time to be alive. You know, you're, you and I are appointed for times as this. We were, we were made, God created us specifically for these times. God created you specifically for this time. If you and me were created in any other time, we wouldn't have the ability to accomplish the things that we can accomplish here and now in these times. And so God has created me and you specifically to succeed and do great things in this time in the earth. And we need to use the abilities that he's given us and uh, our God-given talents, everything that we can to further the kingdom on the earth and help the people that are being attacked by the enemy on a regular basis. You know, people are, people are hurting. And you may be hurting watching this. You may be going through a lot watching this. And I think today the morning devotional will help you um, if you're in a funk or any regard like that. But we've got to get things right in our own life and begin to be able to allow God to use us in our life. Would you agree? Well, whether you don't or you don't or you do, that either way is okay with me. Well, let's start in Hebrews 10. Um, let's just pray and then we'll get right into this. Lord, we thank you for this morning. We worship you. We magnify you, Lord. We ask for your help this morning. Lead us, guide us, give us insight into your word. We thank you that you speak to us through your Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit, we love you and we thank you for uh, speaking to us, leading us. And Lord, we lift you up and magnify you. We worship you this morning. We just take this time to glorify your name. 
you're a king and you're the king of kings. You're a Lord and you're the Lord of lords. And we just worship you this morning. We speak over our minds, our hearts, our bodies, health in Jesus' name, life in Jesus' name. And we thank you, Lord, that everything that you've promised us is available to us and we receive it by faith now. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. So Hebrews 10, verse 1, let's read. For the law, having a shadow of the good things to come, not the very image of the things, can never, with the same sacrifices which they offer continually year by year, make those who approach perfect. For then would they not have ceased to be offered? For the worshipers, once purified, would have had no more consciousness of sin. But in those sacrifices, there is a reminder of sins every year. That is not uh, possible, for it is not possible that the blood of bulls and goats could take away sins. So let me paraphrase what I, well, let me read it out of the Amplified. Let's, let's get that one done as well. So Hebrews 10.1 in the Amplified says, For since the law has merely a rude outline or a foreshadowing of good things to come, instead of fully expressing those things, it can never, by offering the same sacrifices, continually year after year make perfect those who approach its altars. For if it were otherwise, would these sacrifices not have stopped being offered? Since the worshipers had once for all been cleansed, they would no longer have any guilt or consciousness of sin but as it is, these sacrifices annually bring a fresh remembrance of sins to be atoned for because the blood of bulls and goats are powerless to take sins away. So we've been reading this week about uh, the high priest, things like that, what God uh, established in the old covenant before Jesus came and how they did things then. And what they would do is sacrifice animals. There was a high priest that sacrificed animals that covered people's sins, covered their own sins. But in the scripture, what we just read, I'll paraphrase it, says those old ways of doing that, did they just covered, and they didn't take away sin, it just covered the sin. It was like a blood covering, kind of like a blanket over the sin so that we would feel better about going to God. We could approach God. It would, if you know, you were doing your part in covering those sins, but it, but it says in verse three, as it is the way that that was set up, those sacrifices annually brought a fresh remembrance of the sins to be atoned for. And number two, the blood and bulls, the blood of bulls and goats were powerless to take sins away. So it covered the sin, but it didn't take it away. It was sin was still there. Jesus went in his coming. Jesus took the sins completely away. He obliterated sin. He washed it clean with his blood. We're you're spotless. You don't have blemishes that were, uh, you know, reminders of the sins that you have. No, you're completely made clean. And what he's saying here, there's a big piece of this that I want to bring up, but I just want to touch on that too, that there's no power in what that old work did. It just covered those sins. It was what God expected, but it was just a covering of those sins. Now, verse three, but as it were, these sacrifices annually, because they did this on an annual basis to cover the sins of the people. The, these sacrifices annually bring a fresh remembrance of sins. The New King James says, but these sacrifices, but in those sacrifices, there was a reminder of sins every year. So it was constantly bring, being brought back up to them that they have sin in their life. Hey, you've sinned. We've got to atone for your sins. We've got to make the sins, uh, make your life right again through these sacrifices. And in doing that, there is a constant reminder, I'm a sinful person. 
man, this spoke to me big this morning while I was reading it, is consciousness, awareness of things is what God wants us to be about. So you got to understand faith in and of itself, there's, is, there's substance to faith in terms of what the thing is that you're believing for. But faith is an awareness or a belief on the inside of you. It initiates that way and becomes a substance because of your trust and belief in God. But here's what I, what was interesting to me about this is the consciousness of those sins was constantly being brought up in front of the people that the high priest was making a sacrifice for to cover those things. So every time annually there was this big ceremony to cover the sins of, from that year of all the people, all it was doing was reminding everybody of how much they sinned through the whole year. But now you, I, I, I take that into, uh, I take that into a resemblance of today's society. Take healing for example. Well, the Bible says in in First Peter two twenty four. Let me read that to you. Don't you don't have to turn there. Just listen to this real quick. Just a couple a couple books over. <clears throat> Excuse me. It's good to see everybody that's on this morning. If you're with me, be sure to leave a comment, share the post. Uh, let me know that you're with me this morning. Hey guys, thank you everybody for joining. I see you on. Love you guys. Good morning. Good morning. I see you guys. Thank you so much for being on with me. Hope you're blessed this morning. Everybody that's joining, I had a few people messaging me this morning. Thank you guys for joining. Love you guys. I've got some people from Pakistan watching right now. You guys, thank you so much for joining. Uh, it's probably middle of the day for you guys. It's super early where we are, but thank you guys for joining. But First Peter 2.24, it says this. That's Second Peter. Hold on. I can read. I swear I can read. I, I can. First Peter 2.24. It says, Who in his own self bear our sins in his own body on the tree, that we being dead to sins should live unto righteousness, by whose stripes you were healed. So this covers not only sins, Jesus' sacrifice, I mean. Not only does it cover sins, but he's healed our body in the stripes and the beatings that he took on his back. Well, what, what does this have to do with the consciousness of sins every year? Well, you just you take healing, for example. The, the awareness of your, heal, of your, of your uh, uh, sickness or disease or if you need healing for pain or whatever that you have in your body, the awareness of that brings the need and necessity of God's healing for it. But when God heals you, the Bible says you were healed by the stripes of Jesus. The healing is taking place in your body. You just have to receive it. And what, what, can, what can happen is when people are, I don't want to be ugly, but immature or younger in the things of God, they kind of twist and don't understand how to apply the word of God to their, to their life and not intentionally, unintentionally. But unintentionally doing something is the same as intentionally doing something. It's doing it. You're doing the thing, right? Whether, whether your intentions are good or bad. And if you misuse the word of God and you start saying things like, I'm not sick, I'm not. And you start saying that because you believe in confession and things like that. All you're doing, what are you talking about? You're constantly bringing up your sickness. You know, I don't have back pain. I don't have this. I don't. The Bible doesn't say to to deny what you have. It says to speak to what you have. So when you, you've got a sickness or you've got a disease, you speak to the sickness. Same thing with financial lack, whether it's, 
in your job, in business, in your personal life, whatever the, the financial lack is. Any, you can apply it to any area. You're, you're not to speak about the problem. You speak to the problem and tell it what to do with your words. But just like this, what the Lord was showing me is for the worshipers once purified would have had no more consciousness of sin if they were purified. But in those sacrifices, there was a reminder of sins every year. You don't need to be reminded of your sin, your disease, your sickness, your pain, your uh, dysfunction, your whatever the thing is that you need God to fix for you or you need help in. You don't need to be reminded of that all the time. You need it obliterated, completely annihilated in your life. You don't need to be reminded of it every day. In fact, you don't even need to, to, to mention it every day. You speak to it and you bring the word of God into it and you let the word of God do what it's supposed to do. It says in Mark eleven twenty three, to speak to the mountain and tell the mountain where to go. You don't have to talk about the mountain. You don't have to bring up the mountain. You speak to it. You don't even have to say its name. It doesn't say call the name of the mountain by name. Conf- you don't even have to do any of that. You speak to the thing. You like like if I'm speaking to my daughter, I don't have to keep saying her name Madison over and over and over to make her aware that I'm speaking to her. No, I'm looking at her. The connotation of the conversation is directed towards her. I may speak I may call her name to bring recognition to the start of the conversation, but once I'm speaking to her, I don't have to, you know, continually remind her that I'm talking to her. No, it's just I'm continually talking. Well, this is what the Lord was showing me through this one passage that when what the power of the work of Jesus, what he did, didn't cover stuff. It didn't just cover and make uh, make it that it's, you know, unseen, but it's still there. He obliterated it. It's gone. There's no more of it. When you get that revelation of on the inside of you that you are blessed, you're not get, you're not uh, you don't get blessed. You are blessed. You're a blessed person, and where you go, blessing it's attracted to you based on what the Bible says about the blessing. It will it will come and overtake you is what the blessing does, and the only part you have to play is your belief system in that through faith. You believe you, you've got a consciousness of it. Now drop down with me to Roman, uh, I'm sorry, not Romans, but rather Hebrews, same chapter, Roman, uh, Hebrews 10, verse 19. Hebrews 10, verse 19. Whew. Hot. Hebrews 10, 19. Lee Miller said, mountain slayers. Yeah, we're not mountain uh, debaters. We're mountain slayers. We get rid of the mountain. God gave us that power. Jesus spoke to us, gave us that power to do that. We don't have to talk about the mountain. You talk to the mountain. Tell it what to do. Same thing with, with demonic work and anything. Any, and put, put, You put a name to what that mountain is. Let me read that to you real quick. You stay right where you're at in Hebrews. We're going to get dropped down here in a second because I can see someone. I see someone out there, whoever you are, you think I made that up about the mountain. I see you. I see you. 
Mark 11, 23 says this, For verily I say unto you that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, be cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass, he will have whatever the Bible says. He will have whatever he's read before in a book by a preacher. He will have whatever he says. He will have whatever he says. Hebrews 10, verse 19 says, Therefore, brethren, and we just we read uh, this week and in scriptures past, uh, uh, Paul says, we, have, we, we, we now have boldness through the work of Jesus to enter the throne room of grace to ask God anything we need. So he's reiterating that here in, he- in Hebrews 10 and 19. says, Therefore, brethren, having boldness to enter the holiest by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way which he consecrated for us through the veil, that is his flesh, having a high priest over the house of God. Let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as is in the manner of some, but exhorting one another in so much more as you see the day approaching. Does anybody else just see this popping off the page? I, 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 the, like When I read some of this stuff, it just it, it ejects off the page. It just pops up like, a, like, a, like I'm serious. Like It looks like skyscrapers that you can see this in detail of what, what he's trying to communicate to us. It, it, listen to what he says. Let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith. That, that is the, I can see it so clearly what I'm trying to communicate through this, but having a pure heart sp- sprinkled from an evil conscience and full assurance of faith. There, there's no work that you can do. Sweat, hard work, effort. There's no hard work you can do to get faith. Faith comes by the word coming to you. And when our heart is assured and confident on the word, that is where the power lies within. There's no amount of effort that you can put in. There's no level of hard work that you can put in. Think about that. It's literally a a conjuring of all the things that you've heard and understood from the word. And because you now have a pure conscience, it's a clean conscience, you can now have full persuaded confidence in the things of God. That's the level of effort that God wants you to put in. Is you having a, that's the effort we have to put in, is being fully persuaded, nothing wavering, no doubt, no hesitation, completely persuaded. That is what takes the most work. It's not this labor intensive work. You can't find a scripture that talks about labor involved in it. Now, what the Bible does say in James about labor and work when it comes to faith is that once that full assurance and confidence in the word has happened, now there should be corresponding action behind that faith and confidence that simulates or uh, is equal to the faith of what you believe is going to happen. But there's no level of effort and work and sweat that you can put in to have the assurance and confidence in God. It comes by faith. And that's the level of work that we have to put in 
to continue in that faith. Fight the good fight of faith. It comes from having a persuaded conscience because your conscience is cleared and you have to be persuaded. That's where the work comes in. And think about how easy we can become deterred from the things that God have said when our only level of effort or our only, I guess you could say, our only responsibility in this matter is remaining persuaded. Write that down. My, my work is being and remaining persuaded. My work is remaining and being persuaded. That's what our work is, is staying persuaded in the word of God. And once you've become, this is becoming grafted into you. You don't have to constantly persuade yourself. My pastor, Richard Summerlin, and if you don't listen to his podcast, you, you need to find his podcast on Apple Podcasts, Richard Summerlin Ministries, RSM. And he has a podcast that comes out weekly. Phenomenal podcast. This week on his podcast, he was talking about faith and the working of faith. And he made an example. He gave an example of a chair. Like I'm sitting on a chair now. You're probably sitting in a chair or, or, or laying somewhere maybe or sitting. Some, I'm sure you're sitting somewhere. And he said, never in your life, probably, more than likely not, but never in your life have before you plopped your tush into a chair, did you go around and check the bolts and make sure everything was assembled properly and then sit down on it. Now, maybe if you made the chair, maybe your lack of confidence in your you know, uh, craftsmanship was, there was a lack of faith in your craftsmanship. Maybe, maybe that happened. Could be. But in regards to you sitting on a chair that you sit on on a regular basis, the chances of you having investigated that chair to, to plop your tush down on it, to make sure it holds you up is very unlikely. So when you sit down on it, you are persuaded that that thing's going to hold. In fact, you're so persuaded. You don't even think about it. You don't even make an effort to realize, is this going to work or is this not going to work? You're persuaded. You're convinced. There's no effort that you have to put in to convince yourself. That's where you have to become within the word of God. This has to become DNA to you. This has to become self-aware. You, you, don't, you don't conjure up a belief about it. It becomes part of you. It's engrafted into you. Your conscience has, has been made clear from sin. That's one of the biggest problems of sin. Sin leads to death. It doesn't have the power of death. Satan, uh, uh, Jesus defeated Satan, death, hell, and the grave. He defeated that. But the power that lies within sin is not within sin itself, but it has become within our lack of faith that once that sin can get back into us now, see, faith's that blockade, uh, it blockades that sin, but once the sin enters in, it, it starts to clutter your conscience, which now you can't have a full persuasion. You can't be fully persuaded on these things. You have to conjure up the persuasion. You have to, oh man, you know, I messed this up now, but I believe God's word. I'm strong on God's word. And you have to remind, and it becomes a, a battle. There's a constantly a battle between the two. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering. So now leads to my last point. So how do you become persuaded? What level of persuasion, not level of persuasion, but what am I trying to say? Help me, Lord. Holy Ghost, help me. How, 
how how do you become completely persuaded? At what point and how much of something do you need to become completely persuaded of it? Well, I'll tell you. One of the things that there's two things that I'm going to recommend that we can help here. Number uh, verse 24. Let us consider one another in order to, in order to stir up love and good works. Verse 25, not forsaking the assembling, excuse me, not forsaking the assemblies of ourselves together as is the manner of some, but exhorting one another so much more as you see the day approaching. Let me translate for you here. Uh, I've got the amplified, but I'm going to go to the uh, to the Dylan's uh, translate the Dylan Maverick translation. Go to church. That's one way that can help you. Go to church. Everybody's always like go, about going to church is like this religious duty that they have as being a Christian. Now, I don't give a rip about all that stuff. I go to church because I have to stay persuaded. I have to stay convinced. And I've gotten beyond that point now where I don't need to be to conjure up the emotions and feelings to go to church. I do it because number one, God's there. I want to be there. I'm per, it, it keeps me persuaded on the things of God. But now I want to get involved and put my hand to work in those things. Like we just read yesterday out of Hebrews 7 about putting your hand to the work of the things that God has done and, and, and the work that we are responsible for doing. That's part of our duty. You just continue in these things. But forsaking not the assembling of yourselves together, as is the manner, most people do, as is the manner of some, but exhorting one another so much more as you see the day approaching. What, what day is approaching? Jesus has returned. He's, it's approaching. It's coming. It's upon us. He'll be here. He'll be here one of these days. I'm, these devotionals, I don't have any intention on st- stopping these devotionals. In fact, I'm, I've told you I'm working on some shows and uh, other, you know, throughout the day I'll post, uh, I'm going to be doing more podcasts about other topics, but still word-based, but on other topics. I'm going to continue in these things, continue, continue, continue. There's going to be one of these days we have a morning devotional and Jesus comes back that day. We're going to have one of these days. We're going to be doing a, a morning devotional. Everything's going to be normal. But, you know, Everything's going to be a regular old day, and Jesus returns on that day. Soon, it will happen. Are you ready? Uh, am I ready? Am I persuaded? That's why you can't waver. You can't go back and forth. Mark, uh, Dr. Mark Barclay says, you can't be a double agent. You can't, you can't float and do it sometimes. And then when it's convenient for you, you, you're a worldly person. You're just like the world. You resemble the world. And then when it's not, when it's convenient for you, you resemble the church. That's called lack of character. There's an integrity issue with you. You've got to be persuaded. You've got to be consistent. Because if you aren't in your own life, you won't be persuaded all the time. So assembling together is is extremely important. Here's another one. Romans 10 verse 8 says, but what do you say? What does it say? The word is near you in your mouth 
and in your heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. Let me read it out of the Amplified. Romans 10, verse 8. It says, but what does it say? The word, God's message in Christ is near you. On your lips and in your heart, that is the word, the message, the basis and object of faith which we preach. It's in your mouth and in your heart. You have to get it in your mouth. You have to get around people that believe the same way. That have the same level of confidence. Because everybody's working together on it. And that's what he said here. Is assembling yourself uh, together. Uh, let us, rather in verse 24, let us consider one another in order, to, in order to stir up love and good works. Faith works by love. It works through love. What a great devotional this morning. Thank you, Lord, for giving this to us, helping us. I hope this helped you this morning. What a great way to start the day and read through the word. All of you that are joining with me, thank you guys for joining live and being here this morning. I hope you have a great rest of your day. I hope this helped you this morning. Hey, be sure to share this on your on your Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Tag it with Get Up With God to um, just that helps to get the word out, but also just lets me know who's watching and who's listening. That's That'd be great. That'd be awesome if you could do that. And then if you're listening by an audio podcast, be sure to subscribe and follow on those Apple podcasts. Uh, let's us know that you're listening and watching or being a part of it. And then it gets our numbers up in the rankings so that other people can be aware of it on those streaming platforms. So uh, whatever platform you're on, love you so much. Good to see you this morning and hope you have a great rest of your day. Love you. And I'll talk to you soon. Have a great, great rest of your day. See you later. Bye-bye.